to another exciting edition of The Next Level. I'm Joe, and with me as always, the incredible, the amazing gamer... James, how are y'all? Yeah, I'm very excited about this one. This one, we're going to take a little detour from uh, the usual what what's going on in the industry. We're going to talk about our journey as gamers from uh, the very beginning up to present day. First, I'm just kind of curious, James, what you, what you been playing lately? You still playing Ghost? Um, I'm still playing Ghost because I really just need to sit down and barrel through it versus getting distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got I've gotten a little distracted by it, and then going back to Avengers because I was relatively pleased with that. Um, but yeah, I'm still playing Ghost and still playing Avengers for some ungodly reason. I need to finish them both before Far Cry Six. When's that coming out? I can't remember. <laughs> it's already paid for. I, I well, it's in, you got time. No, I got, got time. time. Yeah, I got sure. time. It's, it's, fine. it's probably not until it's summer. Mm, so, no, it's supposed to be no. right around the corner. Oh, it, oh, is it? Okay. It's supposed to be. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing I'm looking forward to, February 5th, the Neo Complete Collection on PS5. Mm. Very excited about those. I, I only briefly played the first one, and I could tell I would really like it a lot. And then I saw the combo pack and with the visual upgrades was coming to PS5. I figured, you know what, I might as well just wait and wait and uh, wait for that. Ratchet and Clank should be around the should corner. Fun, I'm yeah. very excited about that, and there'll be the show uh, 21. I'm there's no date yet, but hopefully that's March, April. Looking forward to that as well. I think that is the most complete. Whether you like baseball or not, I think it's the most complete simulation and representation of its sport. Yes. Like, it, it's just, it's so, so well done. But uh, today, when I get into, you know, because we're relatively the same age. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we've been through a lot of generation of gaming. You yeah. Know? And so for, like, younger listeners, you know, that maybe didn't go back and, and play a lot of this stuff, maybe this will encourage you to do so, which you should if you haven't, because you're, if you haven't, you're missing out. Um. Not all of it's aged they're, well. They're not. They're not gonna go back. It hasn't aged well. Not. Well, you see, some stuff. Yes, some stuff. I think has actually aged very well. Um, okay. I'll, I'll get into some examples. All right. But uh, so, what was what was the first to your recollection? Like my apparently, I used to play the ColecoVision. I I have no recollection of this. Apparently, when I was a kid, I played when I was like three or four. I played ColecoVision, and apparently, I played some game called Tunnel Runner. Which okay. apparently I was obsessed with. I have literally no recollection. no recollection. I couldn't even tell you what the game looks like, which makes me kind of want to go see what it what it was, and see what all the fuss was about. But for me, it really begins with the eight bit NES. How about you? It actually began before the NES. Um, I can't remember. It was the la- the last version of Atari, and playing. Uh, I remember Superman for it. I remember Pong and Pac-Man and everything else like that. And then when my parents moved, because I was super young then, and then we moved into the house that my mom is at now, and then we finally got the Nintendo because my mother wasn't going to buy it when it came out, mm-hmm. 85, because my brother was just born and 
weren't spending that much money and just no, no, and hell no. So to give this to a big role, so I'm 38 and you are 39. Okay, so we're, we're right the, right there mm-hmm. just to give everyone an idea like what the age was of us when we were going through this. Stuff. Yep, when okay. we were going through this. So uh, whenever they finally got the Nintendo, when my brother was old enough to play, um, we and we've been off and running ever since. Nice. I don't think I've really missed too many systems in between there. I think there's like one or two of all the systems since then. I've yeah, I've said I don't think I'm gonna get that one. Yeah, you know, at this point, I've pretty much played it all at this point. But but when it was out and like relevant in the marketplace, there mm-hmm. was some stuff I missed out on. Um, and some of it, I'm glad I missed out on then because it failed in the marketplace, and I would have been stuck with it. You know what I mean? Back when I had to rely on, you know, then our parents would have killed us, right? Yeah, you know, it's, it was it was make make the right decision. So for me, it started with the with the NES, and where that's kind of where I remember gaming was on mm-hmm. the NES. Um, I didn't play, I did once, and it's funny I remember this, but I'll get into the Master System. I have a funny story about Ooh. the Master System. So yeah, for me, it was the 8-bit NES. I played. You know, obviously Mario Brothers. I remember, and I loved playing Excite Bike, mm-hmm. Ghost and Goblins, Yep, Cobra Triangle, Contra, Castlevania. I didn't play them. I didn't really? those. I've never played. I've never played the original hmm. like, big Castlevanias. I've heard that they they were very good. Um, but I uh, I remember when I was six, probably five or six. I think get my tonsils out right. Right. And so I was down at, you know, at Children's Hospital, and I remember this. I don't know. I remember this so vividly, too. It's so strange, the things you remember. Mm-hmm. And I was in, the, like, the, uh, I guess, like, the prepper or whatever, waiting for them to put me under. Yes. And they had, because it was a Children's Hospital, they had, like, poison games and stuff. And there was a Sega Master System. Yes. And I was like, Ooh, a Master System. I read about it in the game magazines, right? But, of course, it wasn't hooked up. Oh, no. So I was like, oh, I want to play the Master System. No. And then, and then I remember they said, you know, you got to pick the like the flavor of like whatever it was they were going to put or, to, like put you under. Yes. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah, And it was yeah. like, oh, it's bubblegum or cherry. Or you know, grape I picked cherry. And all that, oh, yeah. I picked grape. Or I picked grape. And I just, this is my last day I remember, they put it over and I thought, this doesn't smell like grape. Out. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Done. But, yeah, for me then, in that generation it was the NES. Did you did you have much time with the NES? I had I had a lot of time with the NES. Um, right about the time I got the NES was a couple years later. The uh, Super Nintendo was coming down the pipe, and uh, it was funny. You know, all credits to to my mom being as gangster as she could be at the time. You know, she got us a system, and uh, but at the time that price point was was a bit high. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that date and time. Not saying that today's price point isn't astronomical either. I'm just <laughs> saying that in the early nineties, a couple hundred dollars for a game big system is, is a big deal. Yeah, I learned that when I used an inflation calculator, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was going back and looking at the launch prices of all these systems. Like a Genesis, for example, was like one eighty nine. Yep. And I used an inflation calculator on that, and then I used an inflation calculator on what my three DO cost, and I. I, I, it gave me a whole new level of respect for my dad and all the overtime he put in. Oh, yeah. So that not only I had a cool Christmas with all those and the games, but so did my brother. Too. Yes, and, and that that was the part. So, like, my mom, but then, you know, again, you know, as you get older, you start to realize the sacrifices your 
your your folks or whoever that they never even you. told you about. It never told you about, right? And then you know you go back and you look like what was minimum wage then? How mm-hmm. much were they getting paid? So to get that Nintendo, my mom was like, "You just better be happy for a while." Yeah. But it was like a couple of years later, the Super Nintendo came out, and I was like, "I need this." And she's like, "I said a while," yeah. and by <laughs> and, a while, I meant like a decade. Yeah, I meant like a decade or so. So uh, me and my brother had a hustle. It was like we. Uh, we were good at our Nintendo games, so we went over to friends' houses and were playing their their systems. And it, you know, we had friends that didn't want their old systems anymore, so they were just like, "Yeah, my mom doesn't care. I don't. I don't care. I'm never going to play it again." I was like, well, "I'll take it." And right. I hustled and cut grass or whatever, so yep. this way did that too. I had my system. My brother could have his, so this way we weren't you know fighting mm-hmm. for controllers or game or who's on. Didn't matter. Um, and we just kept that tradition going. So for each new console, if you gave us about a year or two, we either raised enough money to be able to go buy it, and my mom would go off and get it for us, and or somebody just didn't want their old one anymore, and I knew how to clean it. Or you remember how you had mm-hmm. to keep the little tabs clean and the cartridges yep. clean. The so and- all the contacts and all that. So we learned early on to keep everything right and right and knew how to fix other people's stuff. Speaking of contacts, mm-hmm. cleaning contacts, have you seen the Warrior 64? The Warrior 64. So the Warrior 64, slight little little uh, interlude here into something going on now. The Warrior 64 was a Kickstarter project that was shockingly funded. They take... Real N64s, they got, they take the shell off, okay. and they put it in like these custom shells that come in different colors. The shell of the unit itself is actually not bad looking, okay. but it then is very poorly <laughs> wired into an uh, uh, upscaling kit and gives you HDMI output. Okay. Sounds great on paper, but... Speaking of paper, eh, that's a good uh, segue. So... The video output is is okay, but it's got some issues. But that's not really the, the the funny thing about it. The funny thing about it is, in with the box is some sandpaper, and they tell you with a note attached that if your N sixty four games are not loading, the cartridge probably needs cleaned. Use this sandpaper to clean the contacts. Why would you use sandpaper? Right. On this? Yeah. That's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup. Oh, I, mean, you, I don't know. They're very, I mean, I couldn't believe it. I laughed. Sandpaper? Do you I know would, how much? How many gallons of rubbing alcohol right? or Q-tips? Dude, so I, so I, I watched some videos of people who were dumb enough to use sandpaper on a cartridge contact. And oh, let God. me tell you, that stuff's ruined. Ruined. Oh, it's done. It's done. It's done. <laughs> Good God, man. So yeah, I, I just I, talking about contacts. Oh my! I, oh, I think my I think my brother would come out of the grave to beat me within an inch of my life if I ever took right. <laughs> sandpaper to any of those cartridges because you knew. I mean, it was bad enough to watch them. You know, from you know, like I had little cousins that would come over and they'd be like, "Well, you have to lick it," and you could watch those <laughs> things start to turn colors, like they start to turn them brown and that. So that's my, why Nintendo had to make put the. Uh, Weird taste on the switch. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it was bad for you. So I, I remember, like when I was growing up, like please don't touch my stuff. Like, and you always had that one game that didn't read right, so you had to jam another one in there mm-hmm. to make sure that it sat in there just yeah. right for the contacts. So that's right. Don't please don't. Yeah, whoever's listening, don't please. put sandpaper on your cartridge, man. Just, don't just don't do it. Don't do it. But man, for, 
So did you play much Genesis back in the day? That was my next step. So And that's really for me where like gaming like I think that that was the next level. Yeah, yeah no oh, pun intended. No pun intended. That was that same was the for next me. Level. Like to me, that's where like like the NES for me was like the training wheels. Yep. The Genesis was like, okay, this is gonna be a lifelong passion. Yes. And yeah, and it, 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 it went from there for me. And and it actually it's it's very interesting for me when I look back at it. Like we had our Nintendo, you had your Super Nintendo, and then here comes out of left field this whole new thing that is not Nintendo ran. And edgier games, darker mm-hmm. games. Uh, not really sen- more blood. Yeah, uh, a more, censorship that like more Nintendo complete did. games. So my family was into sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so Coach K's basketball, when that came out, um, your different baseballs, your football played different. It wasn't your Tetmo Bowl. It was it, it was something more. Fight. You know, it wasn't some some little, you know, dungeon, you know, double dragon or anything else. You were playing Mortal Kombat. You were, you know, these things. There was a there was a lot more. Depth. There was a shift in this, and. And I really appreciated it, how it didn't look, quote unquote, cartoonish mm-hmm. like in Nintendo. Oh yeah, no, I know what you and, mean. Everything uh, wasn't so small. Yeah, everything wasn't so pixel. Everything was was growing up because at the same time our computers have gotten better. Right. Um, you know, we're not running eight bits DOS. We're running sixteen yeah. bit. We're not running two eighty six ten megahertz mm-hmm. machines anymore. We're we were up to 33 megahertz by then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even 66 if you were getting real high end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, with, with, with the Sega Genesis, man, I just, like I said, it, it just changed me. From the very first time, and people will laugh at this now, Altered Beast. And I know that that's a game that in some respects hasn't aged well. You can beat it in 10, 15 minutes and, and everything else. But when if you played it then, it, it was it was... It looked great. Mm-hmm. The voice samples alone the, were way better which, than you know, what I mean, we had. Rise from Your Grave is so iconic to this day. Mm-hmm. NES didn't really have voice samples in games. If it did, it was so garbled. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and, and just you could barely make it out. Mm-hmm. So this, it was a wild step up. And I remember playing that in Super Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, I mean, Super Thunder Blade I loved. Um, Tommy Lasorda baseball. I played mm-hmm. the crap because I was I was a huge baseball. Didn't Top fan. Gun come off of that one? No, was it after? Uh, Top Gun was NES. Afterburn. Afterburner. 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 I played Air. Funny. I played Air Diver, which is like a poor man's Afterburner. Mm-hmm. Really good though. I loved it. <laughs> it had a great soundtrack. It had a just a phenomenal soundtrack, man, in that game. And I played like Ranger X, Target Earth, Revenge of Shinobi, mm-hmm. Streets of Rage Streets One of Rage. and Two. We're just we're just all time favorite. Yeah, and there's playing those like I played a lot of this stuff like multiplayer with like my uncle growing up, and we would play like the we would just play the ever living crap on a Herzog's Y, which is like a strategy two player strategy game. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of memories there playing that or like NHL. We we we'd have just wars playing NHL. Hockey, oh yeah, and that that system. Really, that system really set it off. It really set it off, and I, and because the, you know, the when they re, when they redid their controllers from the three from buttons the three to, to the six, six, game changing, game changing, and I did, I I had rented a Super Nintendo, and I thought it was cool. 
I loved, I was very jealous of the Mode 7 scaling and rotation, because mm-hmm. the Genesis didn't have any type of hardware scaling, so it really couldn't do that. I did have the Sega CD add-on. I had that, Which too. I got in, I believe, 1993. I remember picking it out of a friend's trash because he tried to throw it out and said it didn't work, and I come to find out that it was the plug. <laughs> and I remember laughing all the way home, going, I have a plug like this somewhere in the garage. I don't know what I unplugged of my dad's at that point to take the plug, but it worked. That is awesome. See, and I know a lot of people dog on the Sega CD, and I get it. You know, they have a lot of the FMV games that haven't quite aged. Those haven't aged well at all, and that's fine. But there, there are such gems on that system that no one talks about. Really, like Sonic CD, yes, uh, Lunar, Vi, uh, Shining Force on the Sega CD was amazing. Dark Wizard, I love. You know. I started to get into those types of games right around that time. Be like, I, I did you play RPGs at all? I did. You did. See, I didn't. For some reason, I thought RPGs were stupid, and I thought anyone that played them was an idiot. I don't know. I was just a dumb kid, and I didn't know any better. Right, and so I, I played a lot of more arcade stuff and sports. Mm-hmm. And then one day I rented, and, it, and it's funny, it, it changed it all for me. It was sort of Vermilion. Not Fantasy Star, not Shining in the Darkness, not, not Landstalker, none of the great Genesis RPGs. Mm-hmm. Sword of a Million, which I came to find out like 10 years ago is considered one of the worst RPGs ever made. But for some reason... Yep, that one got you. I can't... The, the game, it just hooked me. And I can play it today and fully acknowledge every single one of its faults. But yet, I'll still love it. Right. It, it, it for some reason, it opened me up to just like these RPG worlds. And then I started wanting to play RPGs. And so I got, and when Sega CD had a decent little selection of really good RPGs, mm-hmm. uh, the Sega CD, you know, it, it, it filled that void for me. Cause I didn't, I didn't get a lot of them on the actual Genesis. And by then I wanted to get games for the CD platform. Right. You know, but did you ever get the 32 X? N- funny story. So, you know, we talk wow. about, Making those choices. Uh-huh. Don't make the wrong choice, right? Right. Oh, man. So, 1994 comes around, and uh, my dad's like, yeah, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get, you know, you can get something new this Christmas. So, before the 32 bucks, right before the 32 bucks, I was kind of looking at uh, the CDI and the 3DO. I had right. seen the 3DO in the magazines, and it looked amazing, you know, but, and then I saw the 32X. And, you know, having been basically Sega, yes. you know, to this point, you know, I, my first thought was, ooh, 32X. But I, I, I thought about how I really, really enjoyed the Sega CD games. And so I wanted to stick with a CD format. And yeah, the 32X was going to have games on CD and, and cart. But even in at, at like 11, 12 years old, I kind of felt like, this hardware is is tapped out, right? And and so, I didn't know at the time about the PlayStation or the Saturn, right? Coming, and so I I, I picked the 3DO. Well, actually, even going back a little before that, before I got my Genesis, I was looking between that and the Turbo Graphics 16, right? Yes. And I thought the Turbo Graphics looked really cool. And what's funny is, I I, I played them both. And what well, actually the the thing that made the decision for me to pick the Genesis 
And I'm glad I did, because even though the TurboGrafx-100 have a nice little library, it didn't last that long in no, the U.S. marketplace. And the reason I picked the Genesis was because the TurboGrafx only had two buttons on the controller. And I felt like, well, my Nintendo only has two buttons on the controller. Wouldn't I rather have one that has three buttons on the controller? You know, I felt like you could do more, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that, that, that decision, though... You know, it turned out to be the right one because the Genesis I got a very long life out of. It, it lasted a long time. Yes. Massive library of games. So here we are. I'm, I'm looking at the CDI and I'm looking at the 3DO. And I couldn't find a lot of uh, games on the CDI. I thought, like, it's full motion video playback quality, but the MPEG card was amazing. Yes. But, I mean, I just felt like that was going to be kind of limiting because, again, I was going to be back to the FMV games of, like, the Sega CD. So... I picked the 3DO, got it in Christmas of 94. It was $3.99, came with Twisted the Game Show, Pebble Beach Golf Links, and Total Eclipse, which was a really good game. I also got Way of the Warrior, Slayer, FIFA International Soccer, which was like the first 3D EA soccer game. And uh, it, it was it was mind-blowing. The 3DO to me was very jaw-dropping to play in experience back then. Right. Um, did you play one back in the day when it was like a relevant product? Um, I played it a little bit, and actually, I went the other route only because, again, I had older cousins that would get, you know, that would pawn off their old stuff, or older or friends that would pawn off their old stuff. So they went with the uh, Turbo Graphics sixteen. Really? And it was okay. actually a really good time. Like I can tell you that I really enjoyed Boink's Adventure more than the most. And uh, there was yeah, there was a <laughs> game called Vigilante for it. I never heard of that one. It was a real solid game. Oh, well, at least I thought it was solid. Um, but whenever we wanted, and this is how this is how like looking back now, I understood what it meant to be like you know you're taking that risk in your in your consoles because you were right. There was only two buttons on it. There was no sports games for it worth talking about. Yeah, because and they didn't have any major licenses. They didn't have any NEC major did licenses. like the TV sports series, and they were just kind of average. At they best. were average. And yeah, and the Genesis and the Super Nintendo were pumping out pretty solid sports games. So anyone that had the TG16 was probably pretty jealous. I did want to play the one game that almost lured me to the Turbo Graphics back then was Splatterhouse. Ooh. Splatterhouse looks so awesome. It was, it, and it, but Splatterhouse two and three ended up coming to the Genesis, so mm-hmm. yeah, it worked out in the end. But yeah, I, I in 1994. So what were you playing in like 1994, 19, early 95? Oh, so being behind the power curve, we were playing. We were still rocking our Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, 32x. And we would go to, my cousin had the TurboGrafx-16, and that's pretty much where we stayed, hit this stall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We couldn't really afford it because now the, these games have started to now creep up in price. The systems have crept up in price. And it seemed like everybody was coming out with a console at this time. It was the Wild Wild West it, then, it man. It really was. Because another one I was looking at even, too, was the Atari Jaguar, which I quickly Atari determined. Atari Jaguar, and yeah. then you had all your handhelds that were really starting to pop off yeah. beyond just your game. Just you, Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, just Game, game Boy. The Lynx was around. Yep. So you had all these choices, and it was just like, you know what? I think I'm just going to sit here and keep on enjoying what I enjoy. Right. For right now. For right now. Just 
Yeah. And if something happens to fall in my lap, then so be it. You know, if I happen to go to a thrift shop with my grandmother and see one sitting there, I'll oh, snatch yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Grandma, grandma, grandma. I, I, you know, it's funny. It's not a lot of people dog on the 3DO. I loved my 3DO then. Like, I played Slayer like crazy. It was like a dungeon crawler mm-hmm. that randomly generated levels every time you played. So it wasn't like just playing Play the same game. I, I every time was a different adventure. Different adventure, yep. Um, loved that. Loved, like I said, FIFA Soccer, Total Eclipse, Star Control Two. I played the ever living crap out of. It was so. It was funny, despite like your ship being like so tiny, like you, you still felt like you were going through space and meeting these alien races and exploring new worlds. It, it was just man, I put so much time into that game. I loved the story. And that was something I started getting into more, even more with the 3DOs. I wanted more story-driven games yes. and more, you know, the arcade style that I was really into in the beginning of my days on the Genesis. Or, which, or what they call now platformers. Right. I still love them, but at the same time I was starting to I want more. I needed more. I needed, I needed a good more. story. I wanted yeah. to get lost in story. And, and and so, you know, I love my 3D playing Need for Speed, Way of the Warriors, yes. you know, Space Hulk, Vengeance of the Blood Angels was just... That was a jaw-dropping game to me. When you got into like the one-on-one hand-to-hand combat with the Gene Stealers, and they're just in your face, the tongues slathering around, and you got to—it was just mind-blowing graphics to me back then. Where my jaw was just on the floor. I, yeah, that was that was that was a good one. And then it, I mean, if I fast forward by five, by five years, man, that PlayStation, mm-hmm. man, that PlayStation, and I remember being. I remember living at a friend's house at this point because now high school's over and trying to figure out what to do with life. And my friend had a PlayStation and I had no money and we had no memory card. So you know what this means <laughs> while I'm sitting here playing this game and we can't shut it off. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. I've worked way too hard right? to get to where I'm going or uh, um, the little things of how how detailed they made a game like. The changing of the controller in Metal Gear Solid, so this way the the guy wouldn't wouldn't know your moves, um, was always so impressive to me that there was always another, you know, step in step up in in how these games are played. Especially, it's funny how me and you we may not have played the exact same games, but the yearning for a good story, yeah, meant everything, right? I, like I'll play a good sports game. You can get me with you know. Some of these fighting games, but when I'm sitting here by myself and I want, I want it like somebody who watches a good movie. I need, mm-hmm. I need you to get me. Yeah, yeah. I was the same way. Like I, I, I did go through a fighting game craze where I played the ever living crap on oh, a Street goodness. Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Two. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember being so. And- I remember being so disappointed though. Uh... So, like, when Mortal Kombat 1 came out on the Genesis, I was very disappointed because the Super Nintendo, even though, and it's funny, even though the Super Nintendo didn't have the fatalities, the Super Nintendo had the smoother graphics, it yes. had all the voice samples, mm-hmm. and I was really disappointed that the Genesis had this animation, I know people, you know, listen, they can't see what I'm doing here, but, like, 
where the uh, they did this very smooth repeating animation on like the Super Nintendo yes. and on the Genesis it was like three frames and a pause, three frames and a pause. Oh, like, like what is this? Like when you were doing like the Johnny Cage's uh, right. shadow kicks. Yeah, or, yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. But even just their stances were just like stutter, stutter. It was like mm-hmm. this pause. I was like, what is that? You know, in the Sega CD, they corrected all that. Yes, but there was no reason to me. Even as a kid, I was like, there was no reason that the Genesis couldn't have done this. And then we come in and Mortal Kombat 2 came out. Well, we have the better animation now, but half the voice samples are still missing. None of the characters' names are announced. Super Nintendo had it all. Yes. And then, you know, it's funny. And, and, and I hated Probe software as a kid. I hated <laughs> Probe <laughs> because of how they butchered the MK1 and 2 ports. And if I saw Probe 1, I knew I was going to be disappointed. Disappointing, And yep. they weren't going to use the Genesis. I knew the Genesis was not as powerful as the Super Nintendo, but I also knew... It could have done better than what they were doing. And then when Sculptured Software, who had done MK1 and 2 on Super Nintendo, did Mortal Kombat 3 on the Genesis, it's funny, it had more characters, but yet it had all the animations and and the voice samples. It's like, okay, so I was like, okay, either Probe was just lazy, or or there is, you know, because Acclaim was their publisher, maybe Acclaim was like, yeah, we're giving you this size cart, deal with it. You know, I don't know. Right. All I know is as a kid... You know, all I could go off of uh, is what I got, I, the feedback I saw from the screen. And I was I was disappointed that it was missing all that. And I was also very disappointed that none of that stuff got ported to the 3DO. Apparently Mortal Kombat 3 was in development for the 3DO. But, uh, or Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 was, but then it, when the 3DO was leaving the market, it, it got canned, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, then I see the Saturn. And I see the PlayStations on the horizon and how these are going to be so much more powerful than, you know, what my 3DO can do. What what were you seeing in early 95 when you started to hear about the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation? And let me ask you this, too. At this point in time, now that you've had a good seven to nine years of, of playing a lot of games, right. and you, you and I at this point have both experienced more than just one uh, manufacturer... Mm-hmm. Of, of it console. really was the Wild West, you know. It, well, and it was the Wild West because the Jaguar still in the market. You know, 3D was still was still kicking in '95. Mm-hmm. Sega's doing their thing with the Genesis. So, you know, the N64 is on the horizon. Yes, it was. There was so many choices. You know, did, did you have a? Oh, isn't it crazy to think there were so many choices? And now we just have three. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's crazy to think that we only have now like three. But of those three. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny how the past keeps repeating itself considering that you know people are still fighting to play Spyro and Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. and you know Ratchet and Clank or you know when's the next Mortal Kombat coming out now because you know this, the consoles are ready for this next gen of mm-hmm. you know evolution it's funny how those games that we grew up on now are still mainstays yeah Castlevania is right. still around. I even think, like, and it's Kick. funny for me, like, I've seen the Need for Speed, and I always think, you know, people always talk about Need for Speed, and I'm like, but no one ever talks about that it started on the 3DO. Mm-mm. No one ever talks about and that. The, and that it had a lot of people it had to really beat out because of that, you know, between the road the, the, the road and track games, the um, road rage games, all, the, there were so many other games that Need for Speed had to, you know, get out of this, this, group of and become part of the pinnacle. You know what I mean? Right. 
Even now, it's like, but there's been some new Space Hulk games that have come out in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. which I love, and I think they're very good. I go back and think, yeah, this started on the 3DO, and I, I, I just get like a sense of pride about like I played this stuff when it in its inception, in, in, yeah, in, in its infancy. But so by '95, going in like early '95 through '95, like I mean, I'll just say I'm coming up story. Like I was a Sega fanboy through my Genesis, which was really weird to shift to my 3DO because I was a Sega fanboy. Were you like a? Were you? A, I was. I was a Sega fanboy only because I had to, only because I didn't have a choice. Plus, around here they weren't that easy to really get, mm-hmm. and so um, mom started making a little bit more money. By that point, I started working, and it was easier to find and acquire mm-hmm. um, more Sega stuff than it was anything else, because you know you got to remember it's. It's ninety five, fam. We blockbusters, bus, blockbuster is more than just a thing. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, not just then. yeah. You know, it, it's not even a joke. So you remember, you could go there and buy used up cartridges that were busted or didn't have a case that they didn't want anymore mm-hmm. for next to nothing. You could do that at you know, um, you can go to games that were at that time EB Games, yeah, and buy up cheap games left and right. It wasn't that hard. Um, and they really weren't that expensive either. So it was, it wasn't too hard to get a hold of. Mm. So what, what were you, what were you looking forward to then? Like, were you, when you saw, like when I was reading stuff, I used to read next generation magazine all the time, mm-hmm. which I'm going back and collecting and I've got like the first 40 to 50 issues that came out of it. And I love yeah. reading through it. Cause it's almost like a time machine for me oh, yeah. reading like what, people were thinking in the industry back then because it took more of a look not like being a fanboy of a platform it was more like just analyzing the industry industry itself and it was just so neat to see like what the technology people were clamoring for and getting so excited about then that today mm-hmm. we just laugh at now like you know like our phones our phones are far things. stronger than anything that they had by a long shot right Actually, anything within recent history. Now, like if I, if I sat here and really gave it truth, like power, I was like, I would love to remember what the stats were on the original Xbox and put it against my phone. The original Xbox was a Pentium processor at seven hundred thirty-three megahertz. So yeah. So yeah. Cell phone. Your, your cell phone's more powerful than the original Xbox. Yeah. Which is just crazy to think, it, right? It is. It, it's just wild. And the inherent game changers that came from each one of these consoles that. Really, just was like, wow, like, and I was like, that's that's the reason I've been stuck on that Metal Gear Solid for as long as I have. That was that was a game changer to me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I remember playing Final Fantasy VII and putting at least a hundred and eighty hours into that game, and I don't, I I swore that my console was going to blow up because <laughs> it was so hot. I just, it just never turned off. So here's what's funny for me is like I just said I was a diehard Sega fanboy, which I really was. Mm-hmm. But so I but I I switched to 3DO. Right. Didn't regret it. Like even though I only ended up having my because back then I couldn't keep all these systems. I had to sell them off to help pay for the next one. Right. Right. Dad wasn't gonna. He wasn't going exactly. He wasn't going for it. Yeah. And I'd be the one you sold the old one to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And well, what's funny for me was my my uncle was the one who would then buy up all my previous stuff. And I remember in like late 95, 96, after the 32X had crashed and burned, mm-hmm. um, he, st- he still had my Genesis and Sega CD that I sold him to get the 3DO, right? And we were at, we were in EB Games, and he found we found a, a 32X 
brand new in a box for $19.99. Bring it on. He bought it. The games were all 10 bucks a piece. Bought World Series Baseball for 10 bucks. Star Wars Arcade. Star bought Wars Doom, Arcade was good. You know, because he didn't have a PC That's at the time. right. But Doom he wanted to play Doom. X. And so, that was his outlet that was cheap to play Doom. Mm-hmm. And, albeit it wasn't very good because it was incredibly rushed, it was still it was still Doom. It was better than the 3DO version. And outside of you trying to play it on PC... That was that which was you if you couldn't afford the console, you really weren't affording a yeah, computer a to play then, it on. Because PCs were not cheap back Mm-mm. in the day. Um, so like, I had my 3DO, and then I, I Christmas '95, I sell that to a friend, and now I got a PlayStation. And now, so it's funny. I think of how much I love Sega, but yet for the longest time, I didn't have the 32X when it was relevant, mm-hmm. which wasn't you know long, but you know. And I didn't. Ha- I didn't have the Sega Saturn. In fact, I didn't play a Sega Saturn until two thousand three. Wow! I played through the entire Dreamcast before I even played a Saturn, and and so I didn't come back to Sega until the launch of the Dreamcast. So right. I had a, I had a PS one. I I rented it, and uh, back when you could rent consoles. Back when you could rent consoles, I was blown again. Blown away by the PlayStation. I could not believe... I, 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 it was just incredible. I played Mortal Kombat 3 on it, like Twisted Metal. Yes. Warhawk. Um, Battle Arena to Shinden. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that hasn't aged particularly well. No. But you know what's funny? It's been people say, oh, I can't play this. It hasn't aged well. I get it. But yet, I can still go back and play it and enjoy it. I, I, I'm able to... And I'm really glad I'm able to do this because not everyone can. And then mm-hmm. it just cuts them off from this stuff. Right. Like, for example, like, my wife, she played a Super Nintendo, and then she didn't have another game system until the original Xbox. Wow. Okay? So there's this huge, huge generational yeah. gap. So for her, playing the PS1 with the or N64 with the blocky graphics, she, she just painful. can't, she can't she do it. Painful. It is. It's painful to her. She can't do mm-hmm. it. So... She has a hard time trying to get into the retro gaming stuff if it's not either 16-bit or higher-end stuff like the Xbox, original Xbox and the PS2. Well, I I actually I got around that um, only because if I'm going to play something retro like that, mm-hmm. I need it to feel retro. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I don't have the original controller in my hand or a slightly modified arcade rack, then I'm not going to do it either. Right. If you want right now to get down on some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, any iteration that mm. was on an arcade, I'm down. Yeah. But it, I better have a joy, a joystick. An, an arcade stick. An arcade or whatever, stick. Whatever, yeah. The, the... And I'll sit here and work over a bottle of whiskey all night long, wailing away. Right. Like, like losing it. And okay with it, but... I need I need the aesthetics of it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I gotta play in the like the either the original controller if I'm gonna play arcade stuff. I got why I got my arcade sticks. I, mm-hmm. I, I gotta feel authentic to me, or I I have a disconnect. I have a disconnect. Like right. playing like people I've seen use like emulation and they're using an Xbox controller to play like a Genesis game, and I'm just like, mm. dude, yeah, no. <laughs> I got like USB Genesis controllers for if I want to go that route. But that's because me and you grew up on these. We we didn't miss. You know, we may have we may have gapped out or just may not have been financially available to acquire said said gear. 
but we were around to play it, so we didn't miss anything. Mm. Um, of all the consoles that ever really hit the market, the only ones that I think that I've ever really just never had to shop because I just couldn't afford it would have been your 3DO. Mm-hmm. That one, the Jaguar, Dreamcast, Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. But I had friends that had them all. Mm-hmm. So you at least got the... You got so, the I got, so I at least had my hands on it. I just couldn't. I couldn't afford it. Right. So in '95, then what did you did you get? When did you get a PS? Did you get a PS One? Uh, no, no, couldn't afford one. Okay. Friend had one. I was living with him. Why do I need one? He's got one. I'll buy games. Where you go? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll buy games. So, like, what 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 was your what was your mindset then as a gamer in '95? Like experiencing the PlayStation and the Saturn. Was um, it, so what what is stuff that the at this point in time just just your jaws on the floor when you see it you're picking your jaw up off the floor like wow uh, the the evolution of of your sports games apparently again mm-hmm. you know i can st- i can still close my eyes and see Tecmo Bowl. i can still see super bowl Tecmo Bowl. i could see the one that came out on super nintendo i can now see how it looks on a playstation this isn't this is way this is this is way different mm-hmm. um metal gear Made me want to break controllers. Yeah, but you know, Metal Gear loved every second. Metal Gear was the first game that really brought a cinematic, a true cinematic feel. There was stuff that tried, and there was some stuff that did okay in the confines of the tech that was available. Right, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid that intro with with, with the uh, with the hind D coming mm-hmm. in stuff, man. I was just like, wow. And just like, trying to sneak, and, and then like you wouldn't have all all of your Assassin's Creeds. All of those yeah, all stealth that. stealth games. This was it. Mm-hmm. Um, just a box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a box. No. But Let's like, see. I mean, like, I remember playing. You know, because it, it was around this point in time, consoles were not quite surpassing the arcade, but they were like, they were right there. They were there. They, there wasn't much difference. Oh no, because well, and see, and I Ridge think, Racer was the beginning of that. Ridge Racer and Virtual Fighter, Virtual Fighter, where yep. the two were like, you pretty much had the arcade experience at home with not many sacrifices, if any at all. Well, that and and th- this just goes to credit to gaming of you know pretty much annihilating that whole entire you know industry of like you you picked up Street Fighter. But then they came out with this iteration that was only for the arcades and, you know, new, new challengers or, you mm-hmm. know, turbo and things like right. that. Or you'd have to wait until it actually re-released down to our level. Um, so I, I remember there were times I, like I would go and do yard work all summer and then be at the arcade and blow, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks. And that was a lot of goddamn money. Then. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was a lot of money to blow in an arcade now. These same games that you want to put in arcade, now we have them at our fingertips. All right. And I mean, as soon as they come out, it, it was it was wild. Like Mortal Kombat three when it came out, PS one was like it was arcade perfect, pretty much. Yes. It was like wow, we're, that was really neat to me because it, I liked going to the arcade. Now I feel like I didn't have to. Yes. And apparently, a lot of other people did too around that time because the art. This is when the arcade industry just started just going, just dying off. Died. And so yeah, I got I had the PS one. And man, I, I like I enjoy that stuff I mentioned earlier. Blood Omen Legacy of Kane was, was one, one that just just blew my mind. Not not graphically, but story. 
Yes. You know, we were starting to get really... Because the stories in a lot of... And there was games that had mature storylines like Snatcher. Yes. You know, and some other things. They were out there. Shadow Run, Rise of the Dragon. You know, if you looked hard, they were out there. Mm -hmm. But but now, those types of mature stories were really starting to become the norm of what we were getting. Mm -hmm. And it was so neat. Your Tomb Raiders. Right, to get more mature content. Yes. You know, it was really awesome. And... Yeah, PS One like man, and then Metal Gear. Right then, it was just like it, it, that. Just took it over the top. I, I, I just remember sitting there for hours and hours and hours, playing over and over and over again, trying not to get caught or saying to hell with it. I'm just gonna kill everybody here. Like they all gotta die. And, and, like it was so. It was so more complex than what than up up down down. Right. Yeah, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, select, start. You know, like, let's run it. You know, right. we're just going to mop everything. No, there was actually a level of, in some of these games, there was a level of thought. You had to be creative or you had to find the parts. Oh, I remember another one that took me forever. The original Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was another one that, that, that though, then, was just a mind blowing game it, it was so different it, it, it had so much depth. experience yeah it's yeah. like you know the you're trying to open this door up underneath the steps you didn't realize it was going to take you 16 hours playing the piano trying to figure out right. this moving this Looking picture for an, eye to stick, Look, an eye gem to stick in the stick statue, in the statue and, yeah right. just to be able to just to be able to hear the door go and, you and, open, and then you walk behind or something better, just boom, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then just like, oh, I forgot to save. I forgot to save, yeah. <laughs> right. For, where's those tape Where's that typewriter Where's that typewriter at? Yeah. Oh, wait, I don't even have an ink ribbon. <laughs> I guess that console's staying on for a while with this thing on pause. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the PS1 for me was just, man, it was, and at this point I started, you know, I started working, mm-hmm. and I was working at, uh, I was working at a local video game store, it was called Video Game Exchange. Which then promptly, uh, when I got there, they had changed their name to It's About Games. They're no longer in business. They right. they, they went out of business in the early 2000s. But then it was around that time I started working at GameStop. And I was there for a few years. So, like, I had a little more access yes. you know, and more money. Yes, now, like, that, now I could have more than part, one console. That part right there. And so, yeah, like, you know, I get into that PlayStation and I really love that. I said, never, I never did play the Saturn. I never even, I, I seen one because we had like demo units when I worked at Video Game Exchange. And I, I played some stuff on it. I wasn't impressed a lot then, which, you know, it's funny. I go back now. And while I'm glad I had the place, this is another one of those examples. I'm glad I got the one thing because it lasted longer in the marketplace. But right. I've gone back and I immensely enjoy the Sega Saturn. And I'm, really, and, and you know, you know, I, I'm I'm sh- shocked and not shocked that it didn't have market success because Sega really got lost. Like they, they everything that made Sega great with the Genesis, it's like none of that transition to the Saturn in the sense that okay, you had you know you had great Sonic games on the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Where's any of that on the Saturn? You had Sonic 3D Blast, which was just a souped-up port of a Genesis game. You had the Sonic Jam, but that was just every Sonic game you could play on the Genesis, Genesis, right? And they were working on Sonic Extreme, and it had crazy trouble development, and then it got canned. Yep. And so there was no 3D or any type of Sonic new Sonic game. That was just... I mean, the Sega CD, a completely failed platform, had 
in my opinion, one of the best 2D Sonic games there's been. Yeah. To this day. To this day. You had three great Streets of Rage games. Where's any of that on the Saturn? And then the Saturn had so many great games over in Japan, never came out never over came here. Never came out over here. So many great RPGs and strategy games, and that was what, what people wanted. And Sega wasn't bringing them over. I don't know if they could. Well, maybe, but they couldn't even convince the third parties to do it. And it, it was a shame because I think that stuff, so many people who dog on the Saturn's library, I just say, dude, you don't know what you don't know what you're talking about because you don't know about all the Japanese games that right. are just absolutely amazing. All the amazing, perfect arcade ports of like tremendously amazing fighting games. Like uh, there were so many King of Fighters games, yes. and Fatal Fury games, and Samurai Showdown games. There's a maybe not everyone knows this. There's a four megabyte expansion RAM cart that has four megs of RAM to the Saturn. That is a game. Even you're looking at me like, what's that? You didn't know about that? No. Four meg RAM cart. You, the, it, the Saturn's a totally different system with it, man. Wow. You you see Radiant Silver Gun running on a 4-meg RAM cart, or you see Street Fighter Alpha 3 running on a Saturn okay. that's, that is that is virtually arcade perfect on the Saturn. That's impressive. And it, it's a... I'm going to have to show you that sometime, dude, because you right. you see that, you're going to be like, whoa. They never brought any of that to America. Well, and they... Well, how much it would... Why would they worry about it at the time? Whenever you know that 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 PlayStation came out with some of the most legendary games, I'm sitting here looking at one right now. I think over there in the corner, right there, with the Final Fantasy VII. That was '97, wasn't it? Yep, September '97, I believe. Hands and at down. That point, at that point, Sony was gone. They won the race. Yeah, it was over. It was over. It was over. And uh, it, it's. It's a shame that Sega messed that up. Sega, Sega, and it's too much to even get into now. We we're, <laughs> we're going to do, and it'll be more than one episode. It'll probably be two or three parts. <laughs> it, we, I want to do a deep dive into just Sega because I mean Sega, like I love Sega, and I and I they're hate just, Sega. They're because, still coming out with games. Yeah, but Sega sucks today, man. Sega is not Sega. I I, I know this. I know they still publish games, and you know. But they, they're not. It's not them anymore. Like like the things that made Sega great, the people who were at Sega that made it great, none of them are there anymore. Absolutely not. And it's they're just a publisher now. And, and okay, you say they still make games. Name me some great Sega games that have come out in the last five years, not made by Atlas, whose games they now publish. Um, Sony came out with a game that was called. Uh, Sony All Stars that came out with the thirty of the greatest games. Right. They had. That's it. That's all. That's all That's I got Sony. for you. That's all. But I mean, what's Sega done? No, that was Se- Sega's oh. Sega's All Star Classics. Oh, okay, okay. Well, they basically re released it for the for the Xbox One, and I was happy. Okay, that's all. Oh, I it's had a bunch of Sega classic Sega games. On. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but those are old games. I'm talking about new Sega. I have nothing for you. Exactly, and that's why Sega sucks today. <laughs> hmm. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And, you know, Sega's biggest mistake. I know a lot of people say, oh, it's because of the Sega CD. Nah, man, the Sega CD was not the problem. The problem first was was they spread themselves too thin when they had, were doing the 32X, the Saturn, at the same time, while trying to still support the Genesis and the Sega CD. Yes. The 32X just should have never happened. Right off the bat. Should have just never happened. Okay? Just get rid of that right there. Drop that. Drop all that R and D. Drop all that software development. Start 
to transition. They didn't. They also didn't want to get. They also didn't want to move away from sixteen bit right away. You know, they were trying to. They were trying to suck too much out of that sixteen bit market as long as they possibly could. And you know what? I apologize. I forgot. There is one. Mm. Fantasy Star Online, two. Yes, I'll give you that one. And it only took them about eight years to finally bring it here. That's not. That's not the point. But no, I agree. <laughs> I'm a diehard fan. And when we get in the Dreamcast, you're going to hear me gush over the original Fantasy Star Online because that's one of my all-time favorite games ever. Ever. It's in my top five. I, I. I'm embarrassed thinking about how many hours I put into that game. It's downright disgusting. But uh, let me know when you make a character. We can do it again. You can play online. You can play online in real Dreamcast, man. Get a Dream Pie. What do we need a Dream Pie for? They got Fantasy, the, the like, Fantasy Star Online. I play that right now. No, you can play it on PC too. Yeah, I'm just saying. If you but if you want to go like legit old school, you go you get the Dream Pie. Yeah, but the game just came out. No, I know. I'm, the second one too. I know. <laughs> There's something about the original though, man. There's something for me. I, I, I can still play the original to this day and enjoy it just as much. Okay. As I played it back in uh, 2000. Or 2001, whenever, whichever year it came out. It right. Was, but it's probably 2001. January, yeah, January 30th, 2001. Yes. But, uh, yeah, man. So, going in through PlayStation, it was just mind-blowing experience for me. And then, after that, I, I jumped ship to the Dreamcast. And uh, that, oh, that was uh, some fun time. That was my first system that I bought that didn't last very long. <laughs> and uh, that's where we're gonna leave it for now. We're, we're gonna. Do, I think this is a two-parter because yeah. we got a whole other. Yeah, we still got. We got, we got from the two thousands on. Yeah, we'll go from the two thousands to current in the next one. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's I enjoy going back and, and analyzing the past and what brought us to the point we are as gamers. Like yeah, that journey. You know, because the journey is just as fun as the game. Yeah, or as the games, I should say. It, yeah, as, as fun as the games, and as funny as fun as the connections that are made from it. And then it's so it's so interesting being a forty year old kid, and you have kids, and when they enjoy it as much as you do, mm-hmm. that's when it's a whole lot more fun. Oh, I'll, I'll leave it at this. There was something incredibly magical and special to me when my daughter, who at the time was probably four maybe five was playing sonic cd and not not like not the steam release none of that she's playing it on a six button genesis controller Mm -hmm. sitting in her beanbag chair on a real sega cd with the biggest smile on her face yeah it's just like yep just getting it that exactly like she i was just what i thought was the journey for her is just beginning oh yeah no yeah that's the same thing i've my son played on the Switch, and he would he would always. Yeah, I remember when he was young. You know how when you try to pawn off a controller like a dead one, right? Or the, or your or your second controller is uh, this is something from back in the day. Yeah, you you got the uh, you got your official Sega controller, for example, and then you've got that third party junk controller your parents bought you because it was like five bucks. Five bucks, left, and but you're like, it sucks. And, it and you have sucks. a buddy over, and you know, you, yeah, you know who's using that one? Mm-hmm, yeah. That's all you. That's my controller, <laughs> right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but what was funny was my son was smart enough to realize that because the lights weren't on on it, it mm. wasn't the right controller, and he would throw a hissy fit early. You know, early on in life, he knew that that wasn't the right controller, and then when it, you know those moments like when he got the switch and he started beating hard games, or when I brought home the uh, arcade one up mm-hmm. and 
he swore on all that was holy, it was for him. Nice. And so we, I was like, no, son, it's not for you. This one's, this one's actually for daddy first off. And then, <laughs> but I'll play with you. You just got to let me know when. And he, I think me and him spent four and a half hours just yeah, sticking it up. So That's awesome. Yeah, no. And it's never a dull moment. But yeah, definitely a part two. Yep. Part two. Be here shortly. So I hope you all enjoyed this one. And we'll be back very soon with part two. See ya.